0: The Nashville Predators got absolutely destroyed last night by former Predator Matt Duchesne and the Dallas Stars. What does an abysmal nine two loss say about this team? We'll talk about that. And where do the Predators go from here today on the Locked On Predators podcast? Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators podcast and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, we're going to kick off this episode with a special shout out to our Locked On Predheads, those everydayers who tune in to talk Predators hockey with us each and every episode. We thank you so much for your support, and we love getting to spend a part of our day with you each day. I'm Ann Kimmel. I cover the Predators for the Hockey News. I'm usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan, but Nick is off right now. We have... Oh, so very much to talk about. And it's going to be unpleasant after last night's nine to two loss. That's right. I said that and I meant it. It was a nine to two loss to the Dallas Stars last night. It was probably the worst hockey I think a lot of us have seen from the Nashville Predators, maybe ever. And we're going to talk about that coming up. Before we do that, let's dive in and recap this game. Settle in, friends. It takes a while to cover nine goals by an opponent. And it kicked off very early in the game. Less than a minute into the game, there was a fumbled pass in the neutral zone. Sam Steele scooped that puck up, skated into the zone, and scored at just 35 seconds into this game to make it 1-0 Dallas. Matt Duchesne's revenge tour began at 427 when he scored off of a cross ice pass from Mason Marchment to make it a quick 2-0 game. At 2-0, you could already tell the way the wind was blowing in this game. It took less than five minutes for it to be very clear what kind of night the Nashville Predators were having. Former Predator Craig Smith got in on the action and young Wyatt Johnson added goals in the first period To end the period for nothing. This was a first period in which the Predators were outshot 18 to one. One shot on goal, friends. The second period, Kevin Lankinen came out and replaced UC Saros in net. The Predators started off better in the second period. They generated four times as many shots in the first minute as they had in the entire first period. But it was Dallas that got on the board next. Miro Haskin had scored to make it a 5 nothing game. Nashville finally got on the board, compliments of Cole Smith. He cleaned up a juicy rebound in the circle to get Nashville their first goal of the game. But less than two minutes later, Cole Smith was high-sticked and cut. The play went uncalled. He was extremely frustrated, took his glove off and threw it. And earned a two minute or a four minute double minor for unsportsmanlike conduct. Tyler Seguin scored on that power play. We aren't even close to done, friends. There's just so much more to talk about. Now, the Predators did have one little highlight of the game, and that was that Tommy Novak scored his third goal in as many games with a backhand shot past Jake Ottinger. But the Predators predatored. They gave up another late-period goal to none other than Matt Duchesne, with just 13 seconds left remaining in the second period. Scott Wedgwood started the third period for the Dallas Stars, coming in for Ottinger. I think maybe Jake Ottinger was just bored, actually. I'm sure they were resting him. But it was, again, all Dallas Stars in the third period. Ty DeLandria and young Wyatt Johnson, again, added insult to injury with two goals. This made the final score 9-2 to at home at Bridgestone Arena. We always talk about our one word to describe the game. My first thought, and if you follow me on social media, you won't be surprised by this, was a gif. It is the Simpsons gif, which I have no context for, having never, ever watched an episode of the Simpsons. But it is a gif with a bunch of kids on a playground, I'm assuming, and they're yelling, stop, stop, he's already dead. Friends, that was the gif of the game. If we're talking about one word to describe this game, my one word is running clock. Friends, if this was a 9U hockey game, like my friend Sean Smith pointed out, there would be a running clock and it would have started about five minutes into the first period. This game was over before it even began. The Predators were so completely outplayed, outmatched, outworked, out hustled, and this is something that we just said the other day about a New Jersey Devils loss. You know, yesterday on the uh, program, I talked about one of the keys to the game is going to be the first 10 minutes. The first 10 minutes of this game, were going to indicate how the rest of the game was going to go. I was so right, but so wrong. Because the Nashville Predators absolutely did not get in this game. They looked stunned. They looked unprepared. Um, Their passing in the first period was abysmal. Uh, They looked unmotivated. This was the worst hockey in that first period that I have ever seen the Nashville Predators play in the entire time I've watched and covered them. This was some of the worst hockey that people who have covered the Preds since the beginning could remember. This was some of the worst hockey that head coach Andrew Brunette with over 1100 NHL games under his belt and hundreds and hundreds more as a front office manager and as a head coach had ever seen. So how do we even begin to make sense of what we saw last night in this loss to the Dallas Stars? I've got four takeaways that we're going to talk about. We're going to dive into them deeper coming up, but this is what I kind of took away from this game. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I had to sleep on it to really get some perspective on this game, to really feel like I had an idea of what actually to take away because that game felt atrocious. But here, after a night of sleep and some reflection, here's what I take away from this game. Number one, there's a big old sale happening right now in Nashville. Barry Trotz was very clear at the All-Star break. He was going to look at the next eight to ten games to really decide, hey, are we going to be buyers or sellers? Are we going to be pushing for the playoffs or are we going to sell off and really look to the future? I don't think there's any question after this loss last night, what is going to happen? I don't think there's anything that the Predators can do on this five-game road trip they're setting out on that is going to change the direction that Barry Trotz is, is going to take right now. There is a sale happening in Nashville. Number two, realistically, this is probably what fans should have seen more of this season. Now, Not that bad of a performance, not a 9-2 to loss, but I think the Preds have generally overachieved with a roster that, hear me when I say this, was never advertised nor meant to be the contending roster. So I think probably the Preds have overachieved, and that maybe has skewed what we've thought of some of the players on the roster. We're going to dive into that a little bit more coming up. Another thought that I saw a lot, that I have heard a lot, and that I really spent time thinking about is this would have been more palatable had we lost 9-2 to to the Stars with some young players on the ice getting, quote, experience. Friends, there is no reason for Phil Tomasino or even Luke Evangelista or Joachim Kimmel or Zachary LaRue to have experienced that game last night. And I know, I, I really do get why people feel that way because a loss, a nine to two loss with young players getting quote experience feels like you're still moving forward a little bit, but I'm gonna give you the same parenting advice I've given my kids. Feelings are like farts. You cannot always trust them. They are indicators of something, but they don't always speak truth. I do understand why people feel that way, why people feel like, you know what, this loss would be more palatable if we were taking steps forward in development. I just don't think that could have happened last night. Finally, the other takeaway that I have here, and this is going to be the most controversial thing I probably say on the podcast today, the predators and berry trots are still on the right path. And I know that's going to probably be controversial. We're going to dive deeper into those four things. And I'm going to explain to you why I think the way I do on those coming up in just a moment. First, though, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy in sports. That's also what keeps your ride or die alive every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. This weekend, the Nashville Predators head out on the road. Saturday, they are going to kick off a five-game road trip against the St. Louis Blues. We will, of course, recap that game and preview the upcoming road games next week on the show. We also have a special episode coming up next week. I'm so excited to share with you. We are doing a PWHL Primer to introduce you to the Women's Hockey League, and that is with my great friend and Women's Hockey expert Erica Ayella. So all of that is coming up next week on Locked On Predators. Here, though, today let's get back and just dig in to what the hell happened last night and what we can learn from it. First of all. There is a fire sale going on in Nashville right now, friends. Barry Trotz's phone has probably started ringing at 5 a.m. this morning, and he's going to be on that phone a long time because Nashville are going to be sellers at the deadline. Barry Trotz, again, said he was going to take some of these games and kind of figure out where the team was and what direction they were going in. I think a 9-2 to loss to the Stars with a performance like we saw last night is an emphatic sell, And everybody in this league knows it. Now, who is on the selling block? I think it's a wide open market. UC Soros, of course, somebody that's been talked about in trades. I really don't feel like his value is going to drop dramatically after last night for a couple of reasons. One, I think if you really look at that game from like a coach perspective, from a big picture, you will see that UC Soros was absolutely hung out to dry by his teammates, um, though that game was terrible. There was nobody in front of him. So as much as you hate to see Soros pulled after the first period, he faced 18 shots. Uh, the Dallas Stars, according to Natural Stat Trick, had like 69% course C4, which means like, um Uh, Puck possession. The eye test said it was much, much more than that. Saros was under fire the whole time. And the fact that the Predators escaped the first period down just for nothing is a little bit of a credit to Saros. So I don't feel like his value dropped a lot. I think GMs take a bigger picture of that. So I think Soros definitely still on the trading block, especially after what happened last night. I, I think you could say that the Predators are several seasons away from contention. You look at the Nashville Predators roster and there are a ton of UFAs. And it's surprising to me the performances that we've seen from them because they are playing either for a job with the Predators or a contract somewhere else. And last night's performance was not great. You have Yakov Trenin, uh, Dennis Garionov, Tommy Novak, Mark Jankowski, Michael McCarran, Kiefer Sherwood, Tyson Berry, Alexander Carrier. Those are UFAs. I think all but Novak are likely gone. I do think that the Predators still see a lot of offensive upside to Novak, and I do think the Predators see there is room for improvement that they can work on with Novak. So I'm not writing off Tommy Novak. I think he's somebody they may keep around. Michael McCarron, I know a lot of people will not enjoy this, but I think McCarron is somebody that the team may want to keep around because he has a very specific skill set, as Liam Neeson says and Taken. I know for a fact that there are teams that are interested in Alexander Carrier as well. Um, I think pretty much after last night, everybody is on the table. I don't think anybody should feel very secure in the locker room, with perhaps the exception, of course, of Yossi and Forsberg. Um, A couple other pieces that I would be surprised if they traded, Colton Sissons, um, Ryan O'Reilly, I think I would be very surprised if they get rid of him. I also think that Cody Glass probably has a longer leash with the Predators than what fans think he has. But pretty much everybody else, it is on. You are not secure. Do not think that you have settled in here, whether you are a veteran or a young player, whether you have a contract or a UFA You know, coming up this season. So who has value for the Predators? I would say Ryan McDonough does. I know that he's a little bit older and he has a hefty contract, but this is somebody with winning experience and he's just still a great player. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, maybe Gus Nyquist, although Nyquist has not played well recently. You are not, and this is something we all have to accept, you are not going to move that Shen contract with a backhoe. $2.75 for the next three years. Luke Shen is here to stay. Ain't nobody touching that contract. Here's what you need to remember as this sale starts and as the roster turnover kind of begins to happen over this next stretch to the trade deadline and even in the offseason. The team that the Predators have skated this season was never meant to be a contending team. This season was all about evaluating what do we have in-house already. And I think Barry Trotz, especially after an embarrassing loss last night, feels pretty strongly that he's going to clean house. Second takeaway I have is that the team has overperformed this season. Look, there's no reason the team should have played that bad last night. But I also think you can look back and say this Nashville Predators team has won games this season that maybe they shouldn't have for a couple of reasons. Number one, I do think for as rough as Soros' season has been, for as inconsistent as he has been, he has stolen games for the Predators this season. The other thing I wonder about, and we've talked about this with the Predators, that sometimes Nashville plays down to their opponent Or in some of the games against these good teams, the Predators have played up to their opponent. I think other teams do that too. And I think maybe other teams played down to the Predators level and got shocked. Another takeaway that I have, and this is one I feel very strongly about, and I know people who disagree with me feel strongly about this too. People are saying if we're going to lose nine to two, we need to lose nine to two with young players on the roster, getting experience. And and let me say, I understand why you think that. I understand why fans are frustrated that if we are going to suck, let's suck with the young players. You know, Phil Tomasino down in Milwaukee, I I think a lot of people are still very frustrated with that decision. People want to say, hey, what are we doing? Bring up Askarov. Let's bring up Zachary LaRue. You know, it took a long time to get Igor Afanasiev up here and in the lineup One thing Andrew Brunette has talked about very consistently through this season is the balancing act of providing experience for young players while also being mindful of their confidence and their long-term perspective, their long-term confidence. Confidence in the NHL is a vapor. It is very hard to capture. It is very hard to contain and to keep. And you look at the locker room after last night's game. We talked to Roman Yossi and Ryan McDonough. Now, those are two excellent players. They've been in the league a long time. They know how to win in this league. Their confidence is shaken. I don't think this game made Roman Yossi a better player. I don't think this game made Ryan O'Reilly a better player. I don't think they got better or smarter losing this badly. You sure as hell are not going to improve the game of Phil Tomasino or Zachary LaRue or Joachim Kamel in a game like that. Not like that. You know, I I understand there is a theory and there is a time where you throw kids into the deep end of the pool. And sometimes you can do that with a certain player at a certain point and you can have success with that. But I don't think you can do that with a crop of young players at the same time. What happens if you do that in a pool? Everybody's pushing everybody to try to get to the top of the water or get to the side. I just don't think that's where the Predators are right now. And as frustrating as it is to see veterans lose games like this, I think it would be detrimental long-term to have young players lose games like this. A, I don't think it's going to work. You're certainly not going to get the wins if you bring up these young players and throw them in a situation like we saw last night. You know, you're not going to improve the team. Overall, you're not going to move up in the standings, which I don't think anybody cares about at this point. But number two, you are not going to help these players, you know, for as good as they are. Yaroslav Iskarov, he he's an NHL caliber goaltender. He is. Now, he needs more development. He needs more time. Um, I think you need to be patient with him. But it's clear that Askarov is NHL caliber. But putting Askarov in games like last night, game in and game out, You know, in situations against Connor McDavid and against uh, Nikita Kucherov and all of that, you're not going to make him better. You know, you can't do that all the time to somebody. You know, it's like saying, hey, we're going to take a high school goaltender. We're going to put him in net and we're going to have Shea Weber take slap shot practice with him. And it's going to make him better. Well, you know, maybe every now and again, you could do that with some of these young players, but you can't consistently do it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, because I think there's going to be a sale and you're going to have to fill those roster spots. And that's probably going to happen by bringing up some of these young players. But I think you're going to see Andrew Burnett moving young guys in and out of the roster again, like we've seen earlier in the season because of balancing experience and confidence so let's brace ourselves for more of what we've seen with young players the last thing i'm going to talk about is what i think of this reset and i know this is going to be a controversial take we're going to dive into that and we're also going to talk about some interesting comments that matt duchene made to robbie stanley yesterday before the game We're gonna talk about that in just a moment, but first wanna let you know this episode is brought to you by Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would in a year? Understanding one another better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big, ongoing fights. After providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees, Camino is now offering a digital seminar for families and couples. Did your Valentine's Day gift of tickets to the game not go over as well as you'd hope? Get the Couples and Family Online Seminar for 25% off for the month of February using the discount code LOCKEDON. Again, that is discount code LOCKED ON for 25% off for the rest of the month at www.kaminoconsulting.ca. Or mention LOCKED ON when reaching out for a business seminar and receive the first five profiles free. Again, check it out at ca. So last night, Matt Duchesne's revenge tour kicked off at Bridgestone Arena, and we're going to talk about some interesting comments Duchesne made before the game. But I want to wrap up kind of looking at this Dallas loss with my fourth and final point, and that is this reset is not failing. Now, it feels awful. This was a horrible game in a season that had some ups and some downs, but a lot of inconsistency this is what I want to say. This is fine. It doesn't feel fine, but we're okay. The process of rebuilding sucks, to use Tommy Novak's potty language. It sucks. But we knew that. We knew it was going to be bad. None of us were absent when Barry Trotz said, this is going to be two steps back before we get a step forward. And, and th- we're in it. Now, a nine to two loss is excessive and inexcusable. But overall, this is where we're at. The other thing I want to say is that the coach is fine. Saw people saying, Andrew Brunette, he's lost the locker room. Andrew Brunette can't manage this roster. Here is what I will tell you. Andrew Brunette is just months into a tenure working with the team going through a transition. This is also a head coach who previously won the president's trophy in a very difficult situation with the Florida Panthers team. Now he also had a ton of talent on that Florida Panthers team. That's not the roster he's coaching right now. Okay. He is trying to get the best out of these players and evaluate where this team at team is. I don't think Andrew Burnett is a problem at all. So Just give this time. This is like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and you're on like, we're on like step four and all we see is how high this mountain is and we think this sucks. I get that. Hang in there. This is a reset. This is going to be two to three seasons of really uncomfortable hockey while this roster gets reset, while these players get experience, while this team builds chemistry with a very different looking group. You know, this season was about rooting out what we don't need. You know, my dad makes the best homemade applesauce you have ever had in your life. Uh, He spends hours doing it and it really is incredible. But the first thing my dad does is he sorts through all the apples he's bought and says like, this one is not gonna make good applesauce. You gotta sort that out. And it's not that the players, the predators are gonna sell off are necessarily terrible players. They're just not players for the vision moving forward. So that's the season we had. This is a season to evaluate it. Andrew, Andrew Burnett and Barry Trotz don't think that this is the roster that was going to win them a Stanley Cup. They never thought that. So be patient. We're going to see this roster change, I think, very quickly. I think it's going to be a very different looking group after the March deadline. So just take a deep breath and know we're probably going to see more games that feel awful, but eventually we're going to start climbing Kilimanjaro. So the reset isn't failing. It's just sucky right now. Of course, want to talk about Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne had two goals against the Predators last night. Um, It was the Moms group he posted on Instagram today and talked about how fun the game was. We're really glad you could enjoy it, Matt Duchesne. (laughs) Bless. Bless. Two goals. Robbie Stanley caught up with Matt Duchesne yesterday after the Dallas Stars morning skate and just talked to him about the Nashville Predators buyout. And Robbie Stanley tweeted out some of this conversation. Encourage you to check it out. But Matt Duchesne, this is what he had to say on the process of the Nashville buyout. He said, It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I've said it many times. I've never cried so much in my life during that period. There was a lot going on, a lot of family related and personally. Yeah, it was tough. Stanley asked him, like, in conversations with Barry Trotz last year, did you have a sense that this buyout was maybe coming? Duchesne said no, zero. Duchesne did say also that he plans to move back to Nashville as of now when he does retire. You watch the game last night and you think, okay, hey, like, did the Preds make a mistake buying out Matt Duchesne? You know, if anybody is wondering that, let's just have that conversation right now. And remember, I am somebody – who really likes Matt Duchesne as a player. I'm somebody who argued with my husband for several seasons about Matt Duchesne. Here's what I want to say about that. No team ever wants to do a buyout, but Duchesne was not going to be a player who took this team to the Stanley Cup. Now, you might say, well, Dallas could go to the Stanley Cup this year. Matt Duchesne could win a Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, he absolutely could. But Dallas could win a Stanley Cup not because Duchesne carried the team. And I say this with love because, again, I really like Matt Duchesne. I think when he's on, he's very good. But Matt Duchesne is not the reason the Dallas Stars would win the Stanley Cup this season. He was brought into Nashville to be the guy. He was brought in to be the guy who was going to take the Predators to the Stanley Cup. He was not that guy in Nashville. And the truth is, he doesn't have to be that guy in Dallas. They have tons of other talent. Matt Duchesne does not have to carry the team. He was not able to fulfill that role here in Nashville for whatever reason. So as much as you hate to pay Matt Duchesne a couple million dollars to score goals against you, I think it was the right move moving forward for this reset. I also think it's interesting because you put the whole Matt Duchesne situation in context and he said, look, I had zero idea this buyout was coming. And it reminds me a little bit of uh, like high school dating when, you know, the popular girl is pursued and wooed and sought after by maybe a little bit of the less popular guy. And when somebody wants you and you finally go there, you finally start dating, you get pretty complacent and you can start feeling a little too secure. And I think maybe that might be what happened with Matt Duchesne. Everybody knows that David Poyle wanted Matt Duchesne for a long time. There was no secret in the NHL that he was kind of the big fish that David Poyle wanted and when Duchesne signed here, I think he felt like they want me so bad. And I don't think he consciously became complacent. Um, I don't think he was necessarily flippant about it. But here's what you have to remember, and what we're gonna see over the next couple of weeks: hockey is not secure. You are not secure in this sport. You have to earn your roster spot, game in and game out, practice in and practice out. And I think. Maybe that didn't happen with Matt Duchesne. So the other thing that I want to say is that, you know, big picture, I think the Predators are going to get back to contention. Don't look back. Don't look back at, you know, hey, we had Matt Duchesne. Now we're paying him to play somewhere else. Yeah, that sucks. But the Predators have to move forward and it's going to happen in a different direction. This is a team that I think is going to get back to contention, but it is going to take a whole lot of time. It is going to take a very different crop of players than what you see currently on the roster. There are going to be some veterans that are going to stick around and help. But we have to know that the 2022-23 team that Matt Duchesne played on, that team is going to be long gone by the time the Predators get back to contention. So hold on, hang on. I think it's still going to be okay. It's just going to take a really long time. Of course, the Predators have to get right back at it after this loss. On Saturday, they face the St. Louis Blues, who have won eight of their last 10 games. They are tied with the Kings with 60 points for the top wild card spot. They are only three points behind Edmonton for that third playoff spot. Nashville has 56 points, tied with the Seattle Kraken in the wild card race. It's going to be a big game. It's going to be a big five-game road trip for the Predators. They've been much better on the road than at home. Let's see what they can do over this weekend. Preds take on the Blues tomorrow night at 4 o'clock Central Time. It's going to be on Valley Sports South. Let's see if they can bounce back after this loss. I don't even know what to tell you when it comes to what to expect Saturday, but I will tell you this, on Monday, we're going to be back here. We're going to talk about what we see this weekend. We're going to talk about what's happening next with the Nashville Predators. We're going to keep tracking what Barry Trotz's next moves are going to be. So make sure you come back and tune in on Monday. Of course, you can follow the show on social media at LO underscore Predators. Check us out on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe there. Leave us a comment. Let me know what do you take away from this nine to two loss last night? What do you see happening for the Nashville Predators coming up? Want to thank you for tuning in with us today. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you have a great weekend. We will see you all back here Monday to talk more Predators Hockey. See you then.